Support for Food Friday Leftovers comes from Berkshire Co-op Market, Great Barrington, Massachusetts, a community-owned natural grocery store dedicated to sustainable agriculture, the local economy, and the environment. Working within the community to better Berkshire County, one basket at a time. Berkshire.coop. Welcome to Food Friday Leftovers, a podcast about all the goodies left over from Food Friday. I'm Dave Hopper. And I'm Ashley Kinsey. Tune in each week as we cover culinary topics such as food trucks, local food, pizza, veggies, beer, and wine. You hungry yet? Huh, I'm always hungry. Well, on that note, Ashley, tell us what's in the fridge this week. We've got pierogies in the fridge. We have three guests for Food Friday Leftovers today, starting with Antasha Zemzriska, Jim Kelly, Barbara Trapitis, thank you so much for joining us today. My first question has to do with Polish culture and food. I'm familiar with some Polish food, but I have a very, um, a very small amount of knowledge when it comes to different traditions and things like that. And some of the stories that you talked about in the Vox Pop episode were really interesting. And I just wanted to know if there were any other um, fun or favorite food stories that you share within the Polish culture. I'll just go first and say, you know, it was really fun to listen to the people calling into the show who had different memories of things that people um, in their, you know, in their families had made over the years. And I know for me, going to Poland itself, the food there is actually so different. And I feel like, you know, we really are, you know, reflecting our heritage so much and, and not just our cultural heritage, but our family heritage and the recipes that we mm-hmm. that we pass down. Yes, food is a story that we tell our children, right? And I think of it in terms of my mother was Italian, my father was Lithuanian, and they brought very different kinds of food and food culture to the table. With my mother, it was there had to be an abundance, which also fits for, you know, Poles and Lithuanians, um, but it had to just appear by magic as if no work was done to get it there. My father was the one who taught me about food you had to work for. He taught me how to shuck clams. He taught me how to um, bone trout. He taught me that um, how to eat the deer, and if you got the shot, then you got a dime. You know, that kind of thing. (laughs) (laughs) He was a hunter and a fisherman, um, and his food was wild. And and it was a very different attitude. And to a certain extent, my mother taught me that through food, the story she taught me was that um, you will always be cared for very Italian. (laughs) And the the lesson my father taught me was, you will always have to work. (laughs) (laughs) That's a very, very Slavic um, message. Very Slavic, very Baltic. The motto of our church is truth, work, struggle. So, you know, sometimes I was just like, truth, work, it's a little easier every year. (laughs) As I've said on this program many times, my Italian grandmother would just heat food on. Here's some more. Have some more. Have some more. Have some more. I worked all day on this. (laughs) (laughs) And my grandmother is on the other side. My mom's side is the Lithuanian part Mm -hmm. of my family and it was a totally different experience. Yes. Yes. It was was really a sense of embattlement um, a lot of times. And and, uh, the reasons they came to the United States were very different. You know, the Italians came well, the story in my family is that my Italian grandfather came following a woman whose family had moved to Boston. <laughs> but when he got here, he couldn't find Boston, so he married someone else. <laughs> Maybe it was for the best. Right. But the Lithuanians were escaping oppression. You know, they were being killed by the hundreds of thousands um, by Stalin's regime. And 
it was awful. And then living through the depression, I think, was yep. another kind of really hardened mm-hmm. the people who came over. Especially, I can see that still in my grandmother today. Can you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's like, she's a pack rat with food. Mm-hmm. Just never <laughs> without, you know, days and days of leftovers and food all the filled the pantry all the time. Yep. Like, it's not going to be there next right. week, I guess. <laughs> yes, because often it wasn't. Yeah. So it's just very different. So what other things about Polish and Lithuanian food do people think that might not be true, I guess? Well, you know, I think that people know a lot about the pierogi and the cabbage foods that mm-hmm. we make, but maybe not so much about the desserts and... Um, you know, one thing that most Slavic cultures have in common are really thin pancakes. Um, and in Polish, um, they're nazaliki. I said it not quite so right. You did better um, than I would. But in Russian, you know, they're blini. Um, they mm-hmm. cover, you know, many of the different countries. I, I don't know if you make them as well, yeah, Barbara. And um, they're often made as crepes um, or croquettes. And um, if they're made as crepes, stuffed with something savory. So at Polish Fest, we have them stuffed with sweet farmer's cheese and strawberries and um, drizzled with chocolate sauce. Looks delicious. Too. Yeah, they're they're great, um, but it's very common to have them stuffed with things like um, onions and mushrooms, mm-hmm. and um, and then you know fried a little bit and and made with a, a polonaise, you know, so like a buttery breadcrumb spread on top of them. Yeah. And people don't think of Polish cuisine in that way. They think of um, all the kielbasa of, I just yeah, ate. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they think of the heavier foods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And certainly there's a lot of, there's enough of that going around. Um, they did thousands of things with the beets, mm-hmm. um, for sure. This is a beaten horseradish condiment in front of me, which is quite yummy. And I can't clears wait out to your try sinuses. It because <laughs> I'm not, I, the only time I've actually had beets is in juice with other things to make it not taste like beets. <laughs> <laughs> so if there's a way that uh, I can learn to enjoy them, I'm all for it. That's great. We also have some borscht here. And at Polish Fest, the only thing that's completely vegan, I think, on our menu <laughs> is our borscht. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's lovely and, and made in the Ukrainian style, which means it's a little chunkier. Mm-hmm. What is borscht? Borscht is a soup that has a, a sour taste, so it does not necessarily have to be made out of beets, although okay. um, it typically is. And if you make it um, authentically, then you leave the beets around for a while, and they start to ferment, and you get like a beet sour mash. You get a little buzz. Yes. From <laughs> <laughs> At Polish Fest, you know, we add some balsamic vinaigrette to, to create that. Um, we do like our sweetness over here, don't we? Yes. <laughs> There are white borscht's um, as well mm-hmm. that are made kind of out of the like a sourdough starter, and and oh. they're really lovely as well. Yeah, there's all kinds of odd soups. I, I have a Lithuanian cookbook at home which has a recipe for um, <laughs> lamb kidney and dill pickle soup. Oh, I haven't really? tried it yet. <laughs> <laughs> my mother. I approach it with caution. Yeah. My <laughs> mother's favorite soup um, was called sadnina, which was duck blood and fruit wow. soup. Wow. Oh, yes. We don't have that at Polish Festival. <laughs> 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 so, can we talk about the vodka cake a little bit? Oh, sure. Okay. That looks appetizing. So that's one of the things that we have at the, the Polish Fest dessert tent. And it's something that was made um, by our Polish Fest kitchens. It's made with Polish vodka. And it's um, a chocolatey cake. And we serve it warm with whipped cream on top. 
You also um, can find at our dessert tent um, an apple cake that comes out of um, a, a Polish cookbook where the authors of the Polish cookbook have come many years and done f- cooking demonstrations for desserts, and they'll be there again this year. And so that's for sale. One of uh, Polish Fest is hosted by a parish on the Blessed Virgin Mary of Częstochowa Parish, and it's part of the Polish National Catholic Church. Um, and so we have a, a sister parish in Schenectady, and they make chruszczyki, which are like angel wings. Uh, many European cultures have these. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I've seen them called something else in, in, in Italian culture. So we'll have those as well. And for the first time this year, we'll have kolaczki, which are sour cream dough cookies that are hmm. filled with various forms of fruit. So I think they'll have lemon, raspberry, and blueberry at hmm. Polish Fest. What's the difference between Polish vodka and like Russian vodka? Well, you know, we really have to next year do a vodka tasting <laughs> on Food Friday. Ray would enjoy that. Well, I'll take the, I'll take the bus home. So. <laughs> you know, um, I think that everyone has their there are different distillery methods. They all um, have both wheat-based vodkas and potato-based vodkas. In Poland, you also have um, bison vodka, which is made with um, bison grass. Yeah. And oh, so, wow. you know, you think of vodka and you think it, it doesn't really taste like anything. But if you do a tasting with a bunch of shots, you know, there's a big difference. At least in the beginning there is. And yeah. then it all sort of <laughs> fades to gray. Then it all becomes laughter. Yeah. <laughs> You just you enjoyed every moment of the yeah. vodka tasting. Not quite sure why. You <laughs> right. enjoyed it all. Yes. You know, um, Latvians, Estonians, and Lithuanians. I was talking about this in the Vox Pop session. They tap birch trees for their water the way we tap maple trees. Hmm. They don't necessarily boil it down for syrup. They just drink it. But of course, because you know anything can become alcohol. It's become quite the business to make a sparkling wine out of the birch water. Yes, and I'm I'm looking to see if I can get hold of it because it just sounds wonderful. Yeah, yeah. I've tapped birch trees, and I know what it tastes like. Yeah, yeah. And it's quite lovely. We'll have to add that to the vodka show. Yes. (laughs) Yes. We should just do a, you know, Eastern European kind of alcohol thing. That's fine with me. Where's Jim Lavulis? Right. I don't know if this is the same in, in Lithuania, but we have a, a honey wine or a, or a honey liqueur. A mead, yes. Yes, a, a mead. Mead is, yeah. Yeah, and so that's Absolutely. very popular in Poland as yes, well. Yes, the original. Mm-hmm. That was very interesting Alcohol to try drink. mead in here. I forget what show that was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was... Um, I've heard about it in, like, mean? video games growing up from, like, Robin Hood times. Like, mead, what the heck is that? Oh, yeah. And no, then finally I got to try it. Oh, this is good. Yeah, that's the that first alcohol, good. you know. It was the easiest to ferment. And all of them taste different because honeys taste so different, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, depending on what you have. Yeah. There are some cultures that actually put the whole hive when the, in when they ferment it. So you hmm. get all the stuff from the bee sting as well. <laughs> Apparently, you see things. From the <laughs> yeah. Is that like, sort of like a worm in the tequila? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Not available in this country. No. Please travel to. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I'm going to talk about all this kielbasa we got here from Chester's Smokehouse. Yeah. And I tried every single piece on the way in. I haven't tried it yet. I can't wait. <laughs> How many kinds of kielbasa are there? Oh, we have uh, more than I brought, but I just brought the staples. Uh, I brought the single smoked. Just smokes. the classics. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the single smoked. <laughs> Uh, which actually last year uh, Martha Stewart wrote about it's her favorite kielbasa. Really, 2016. Yeah, 
Uh, single smoked, uh, double smoked, which is literally just a single smoke. Smoked, Will that be her favorite twice. this year? Maybe. I don't <laughs> She's know. She's moving up to double smoked. <laughs> um, and then we have Hunter, which has juniper berries in it. So it's got a, you know, a little bitter taste to it. It's kind of hard to, to describe. And then we have country garlic, which is just more garlicky than normal <laughs> kielbasa. And then we have Kabanowski, which uh, just says it's like a slight variation on regular kielbasa. And we uh, it's it's almost like the size of a Slim Jim, the, the way we serve it. Interesting. So it's just like experimenting with different tastes with the kielbasa? Yeah. And I mean, these are all classic kielbasa recipes because Chester is from Poland and he brought all this with him. So it's like his old recipes? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Are you guys experimenting with newer stuff? Um, we yeah, we are. We uh, we have more of an Americanized uh, kielbasa that it's just jalapeno cheddar kielbasa. Sounds like that, an American. That's actually yes. my my favorite. Um, <laughs> I love to throw those on the grill. Then we have a plain old cheddar kielbasa, which uh, is also kind of Americanized. Um, what else? We have a we have a ton of different kielbasas. You know, it's, <laughs> it's interesting that we call those Americanized when jalapenos are actually like Mexican mm-hmm. and yeah. cheddar, cheddar is from England, right? The lovely <laughs> melting pot that we live yes. in. Yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah. We grow up thinking Chinese food is, you know, what General they eat in sauce. China, right. or Tex-Mex <laughs> is just what they eat in Mexico. All of a sudden, yeah. like, wait a minute. <laughs> that was actually a question I wanted to ask at the beginning: is how we Americanize, like passing down recipes. Do they get Americanized versus actually? cooking in Poland or Lithuania or Latvia or Russia? I, I think a lot of them are dependent on, you know, what's available. Um, I put blueberries in the honey cake. If you don't got blueberries, they're not going to go in your yeah. honey cake. Right. Um, we can put jalapenos in the kielbasa because we have them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're available. Yeah. Um, so I think food changes <laughs> as other foods sort of get, gather around it in swarms. Swarmy foods. And I would say that, you know, in in Poland right now, it it evolves on its own trajectory. And so um, it's the cuisine there is very different from the cuisine that, you know, was around when my grandparents, you know, came over Mm -hmm. over 100 years ago. And so, um, you know, we are eating things here that we think of traditionally Polish as kind of old fashioned. Yeah. You know, they're they're more old fashioned cuisine. Um, Things move on. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. If they come over in the 20s, mm-hmm. all the stuff that happens in Poland since then, they've already moved on to making their recipes more, like you said, with blueberries around right. here. Yeah. So it's kind of, I guess it's always going to be a divide between it's like old language. world, new world. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. um, I have a friend whose parents came over after World War II, and there's a Polish word for supersonic. And that mm. you know meant like really cool and, you know, cutting edge. And when he went to college in Poland and he used the word, people would just look at him. It was like he said, you know, swell. You know, it it just, you know, they moved on. But our communities, you know, our communities hold fast to the traditions because it's home. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. We're looking for the older Mm -hmm. versions, the originals. Yes. Which are really elusive for the most part. That's for sure. So you guys have any funny stories for us? I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say them on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, guess what? Well, this isn't on the radio. Oh, Podcasts the radio. aren't aren't. Uh, I, I was just thinking about the meeting the of the first time my mother told me this story. The first time that um, they got the Italian side of the family and the Lithuanian side together, and it was at Thanksgiving, and you know their parents all spoke their original languages, and so my Italian grandmother's by my mother, whispering in her ear in Italian. Lithuanian grandma is by my dad whispering in his ear in Lithuania and she said what they were saying was like 
my grandmother, my Italian grandmother was saying, your husband, he has eyes like a frog. And at the other end of the table, the Lithuanian was saying, why is your wife so skinny? What's wrong with her? Where are her breasts? (laughs) (laughs) And it was considered a mixed marriage. You know, it really was. And there was a lot of fear about those cultures overlapping. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, boy. The translators would have had fun with that one. Sitting in the middle of the table. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you guys for coming on. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thank Thanks. you. That was Antoinette Alberti, the cultural committee chair of the Polish Fest, Jim Kelly of Chester Smokehouse, and writer Barbara Chapitis. This has been Food Friday Leftovers. I'm Ashley Kinsey. And I'm Dave Hopper. Be sure to check out Vox Pop Food Friday every Friday at 2 p.m. on WAMC Northeast Public Radio. Our producer is Jessica Blaustein Marshall. Our theme is Beach Disco by Dougie Wood. Food Friday Leftovers is a production of WAMC Northeast Public Radio, and tune in next week to see what else we find in the fridge.